Good day to you all. This is Zachary Kameen, the Curious Christian, and these are Curious Conversations. We're going to be dealing with a few issues uh, today. Uh, we're first going to, in the Bible study, we're going to deal with uh, Mark 5 and how Genesis 3 helps to uh, solve an issue with Mark 5. Uh, beyond that, uh, we're going to deal with a political issue, uh, which is collectivism, which America has been uh, a part of for centuries, and so is basically the whole world, and why that's an issue, and how it's not anything new. Uh, it's something that we've been dealing with since at least uh, Babel. And beyond that, we're going to deal with uh, uh, the solution to that problem. I don't want to have a problem and then not have a solution. Uh, which So I'll deal with what um, I see as the only solution to the problem of secular uh, collectivism or collectivism in general. And uh, lastly, uh, do a quick school review of a school that I've been going to for the past year and uh, give recommendation for them. Uh, So hopefully you enjoy the show. Before we get started, we're going to take a quick break to uh, hear a word from uh, one of my sponsors and uh, then we'll get started. As we get started today, I figured we would start out with a quick Bible study. And today we're going to look at uh, Genesis 3. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? Okay, so this is rather interesting to me. Uh, And he goes, another question that the Lord asks is, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree that I commanded you not to eat? And then he asks the woman later, What is this that you have done? Now, uh, I wanted to read this because a number of years ago, uh, a Muslim friend of mine, had posed the question of uh, of the Lord Jesus can't be God because he asked uh, who touched me Uh, and I used to just say you know, because he said, you know, if he's God, then how could he possibly? And it's in Mark chapter five. And the story is about uh, he's going to talk with, or he's going to heal uh, Jairus's daughter. And the woman touches uh, the fringe of his garment, uh, which causes her uh, the blood that she's been uh, that's been pouring out of her for over a decade to uh, her her 12 years to cease and to dry up and he asks you know who touched my garments you know and the crowd pressing around you and you say who touched me and he says you know he then tells her when she finally comes out and tells her he says uh Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed. Uh, And my Muslim friends will say, see, this is is proof that Mark did not believe that Jesus was God. And he tries to illustrate that while the other disciples believe that he was God. Uh, I used to push back and say, you know, well, Mark was showing his humanity and blah, blah, blah. But now... Uh, 
reading uh, all of scripture, reading, uh, and every time I read Genesis, uh, read Genesis, first couple chapters of Genesis, when I get to Genesis 3, and when I read uh, the Gospels, when I run to this story of uh, the woman uh, discharge of blood drying up, or uh, uh, Adam and even the garden, I can't help but see the similarities because the scriptures are straightforward in uh, Genesis 3 that it's the Lord God who's talking. And what does the Lord God do? Well, the Lord God asks questions like, Where are you? Or, what have you done? Or, how could you do... No. Uh, who told you? Well, if he's God, why is he asking these questions? Yeah. So, the same charge that the Muslim or the anybody who denies the deity of Christ, when they bring this charge forward saying, see, Jesus isn't God, well, does that mean that the Lord God in Genesis 3 is not God? No. Question mark. And if the Lord God is God, well, then it doesn't prove that Jesus is God. But my point is that the Gen- or Matthew 5 does not prove or disprove the deity of Christ. Of course, Jesus is God. We know that Jesus is God because Scripture says so. But this is not that passage that proves it. Uh, the point of that passage is not to point out that Jesus is God or just human. Uh, the point of this passage is to show that the woman was hiding. Just like in Genesis 3, the point of the questions is to show that Adam and his wife were hiding. You see that? So he asked, where are you? Not because he didn't know where they were, but because they were hiding. Uh, It's kind of silly because, you know, we know that God is all present. God is everywhere. All of God is everywhere. And he's asking these uh, humans who think that because they ate the fruit that they'll be like God. He's asking them, you know, where are you? As in, you're not all present. You know, you're not omnipresent. You're not everywhere. You're not like God. Who who is like God? Uh, Not Adam and Eve. Uh, And so, when when I'm having conversations now, especially when it's dealing with uh, these kind of scriptures, I'm less uh, willing to bend on these areas. Uh, So, I'll say again, just real quick recap. Uh, The proof of Jesus asking where or who touched me uh, was not evidence of his deity or his humanity, though the Lord Jesus was truly man and truly God. Uh, And so because of that, the Gospels prove unequivocally both, uh, both truths. But the point of this passage was to point out that the woman was hiding and he wanted her to come out of hiding. Just like when the Lord God asked Adam and Eve, where are you? It was to illustrate that they were hiding and needed to come out of hiding. And so, uh, there you go. If that was a passage that you were struggling with, which I know many Christians do, Hopefully that helps you if you're an unbeliever. And that has been a passage of great controversy to you. And I hope that this helps. Uh, And uh, before we continue on with the uh, episode, we're going to do a quick break. I'm going to hear a word from our sponsors and then we'll continue on with the show.
Alright, so I'm getting ready to ride my bike uh, to uh, my work for the last time. Uh, I got a new job. And so uh, this one will be the last on the bike, at least heading to work. That doesn't mean I won't be riding my bike in other future podcasts just for fun of it. And I might even be ballsy enough to ride my bike to my new job, but I wouldn't get my hopes up if that's what you're into. Uh, It is 49 degrees on this beautiful Thursday, March afternoon, and it is raining, so got that going for me. Uh, It's going to be a really wet but warm day. Unless it's like super windy, then it won't be warm at all. Uh, Supposed to be like 67 in a week that's been 40s, so it's gonna be a 20 degree jump. It's gonna be pretty nice. Um, If there's wind distortion, then my fault on that. Uh, Obviously, I'm riding my bike, so I can't do anything about it. So enjoy. Um, today, we're on this bike right in this segment. Uh, I wanted to title it of, well, title doesn't matter. Uh, I wanted to talk about something that's been on the news uh, for the past few years. Um, in fact, it's been engaging our culture, uh, the whole world's culture for the last, uh, I want to say, 100 years, 100, shoot, no, about 200 years, over 200 years. And as you guys know, I've been reading on uh, the presidents. I'm on uh, James Monroe now. And so when I finish him, I'll be doing a book review on book I'm doing in a review on that president and I want to talk about uh, the the plague of faggots and fascists I repeat again the plague of faggots and fascists Now, that's provocative, I know. That's why it's called Curious Conversations. Now, what do I not mean? I don't mean sodomites. I don't mean homosexuals when I say faggots. Faggots didn't originally mean homosexuals. Uh, It was used for orgies. They did call uh, orgies of homosexuals faggots. But uh, that's for the obvious reasons, if you know what the... The, the original word, or faggots, means bundle of sticks. Uh, and the word fascist means uh, similar. It's, it's from the same uh, word for faggots. Uh, and it means a tightly bound bundle of sticks. So, a fascist, uh, they use the word purpose. So, the people that I'm referring to when I say faggots are not uh, the gays or, you know, the LGBT community or anything like that. Uh, Though they're a part of this category, uh, I'm referring to collectivism. Uh, I'm referring to collectivism of all stripes. And this uh, really started... Now, this this has been a plague for, you know, all eternity. I mean, you could call... uh, you could call the Tower of Babel, you know, incident, a, a faggot's rebellion, right? Uh, a faggot's revolt. It was a collective, a collection of people uh, disobeying God, or revolting against the order of God. God's commanded them to, you know, be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth, and they're collecting themselves, and not taking dominion of the earth, they're simply building a tower to try to get to heaven instead of 
uh, filling the earth and taking dominion of it. So they're being disobedient and they're collecting, hence uh, the, the faggot revolt. Now there have been a series of faggot revolts throughout history. Uh, and I use this word because it's a demeaning word and I don't like collectivism. And so any collectivist movement, uh, I uh, view as uh, a faggot movement. Now, now somebody may say, well, does that mean you're a libertarian? Like, no, because libertarians are just fags. Fags meaning, uh, you know, one solitary cigarette or one stick. So you, you replace the, you replace the, uh, faggots with the fags and you're, you're still in the the same situation of, I can easily demean you. (laughs) Uh, but I do want to read more, so I won't be getting into too much depth, but I think I know enough about uh, faggotism and fascism to be able to uh, start the conversation now and continue it on as I get more information. So, in James Monroe's uh, time uh, as the ambassador to France during the presidency of uh, George Washington, uh, the French Revolution is going on. Uh, Soon after the American Revolution, the French Revolution happens, and it was noticed that the uh, it was noticed quickly that the principles of the American Revolution were by no means the principles of the the French Revolution. In fact, Thomas Paine, who was an advocate of the American Revolution, and was a sympathizer of the French Revolution, was then arrested by the French Revolutionaries. So the principal author who uh, helped to spur on the American Revolution of Common Sense and whatnot, uh, his book, Common Sense, is where we come up with the idea of, oh, just common sense legislation. Oh, it's uh, common sense this, common sense that. Uh, It's not... uh, It is a philosophical statement by... or idea by this man, Thomas Paine. So if you want to know about common sense, read uh, Thomas Paine's book. And his idea was it was common sense to have a revolution. Now... Uh, dealing with, uh, so the French Revolution was the modern faggots revolt. Okay. Uh, the whole idea of, uh, French faggotry or the frog, the, was, uh, was collectivism, a nation, was not just nationalism, which would be fascism, uh, it was a, it had global implications, it had intercontinental implications. They wanted uh, to collect all the peoples of all the nations to put them under one global government so that the people could do as they please. So the idea is that the people will rule themselves without a monarch. So it's this form of anarchy. Uh, It is obviously not the language of the American Revolution. The uh, end it is, in fact, the language of communism. Uh, they even use that we would commune, that we would be a community 
and that we would be a collective and that we would live our lives for the better of the collective for all the peoples uh, and it's the same language that they used in the all the national movements all the nationalist movements the fascist movements and the communist movements now if you read on these revolutions the French Revolution the Italian Revolution the Greek Revolution the uh, Turkish revolutions the Russian revolutions the Chinese revolution all the revolutions uh, the Nazis or the nationalists and the communists are both collectivists they both had the idea of collectivism of the peoples and with that idea of collectivism they were willing to fight with each other fight together fight for each other for uh, for the combined mission of removing the monarch removing uh, the RK the person on top so as to create anarchy of sorts and have the people rule uh, now what the difference between uh, fascism and communism every single time comes to uh, light when you when you finally overthrow the monarch and you realize uh, that there are different implications on the two political philosophies uh, the communists uh, have a global view they want world domination as it were and they want to you know uh, create a commune of the world and that they see that that'll be a uh, bring a utopia when all the nations are gathered together under one umbrella and you know case sera sera and you know all all men will be happy happy joy joy uh, Nazis on the other hand or nationalists uh, see that they one do not need oh and communists tend to have an optimistic view of uh, humanity so they say just remove all the external problems and you will create uh, a a happier society so take away private property take away a state statuses take away take away everything take away the money take away the everything and everything will be great uh, because the that the reason the problem with humanity is outside of them not inside of them and so get rid of all the externals and man will flourish uh, then you look at nationalism and Nazism and they recognize uh, that there is something wrong with humanity but it's something that can be fixed materially now this is something uh, this is really something uh, both both philosophies both political philosophies are materialist uh, that deny spirituality the spiritual and focus on the uh, material and uh, nationalists tend towards oligarchy in that uh, they're less opposed to uh, they're less opposed to classism they're less opposed to uh, really all, all they want is to get rid of the monarch and let the few control the many and they want the few they want uniformity they they want everyone to be made in the image of the state hence Nazis uh, they're seeking after the perfect Aryan race kill off all the imperfections as long as we can make 
everyone look the same, act the same, talk the same, remove the dialects, remove the everything, uh, remove the different languages, everyone speaks high German, every, you know, all of the things, uh, then everything will be great. And this is the obvious problem, is that uh, there is still sin involved, there is still uh, there is still uh, depravity that has to be dealt with, there is still a spiritual aspect um, of this thing. Um, and I'll, I'll also mention a nationalist tend towards looking back to the past and reverting, which is why uh, Nazis tend to fall into the camp of right-wing or conservatives because, so for instance, uh, Hitler wanted to go back to the old pagan gods of Germany and wanted old Saxon gods to return. Uh, he wanted all the gods to return. He wanted to go back to polytheism. He wanted to go back to paganism. And so did all of his ilk because that was truly German. You know, before, before that a pale Palestinian came in and screwed it all up for that uh, Jew showed up and uh, mucked up the whole thing. Uh, the the Germanic tribes were great. And so, you know, uh, Hitler and his ilk of Nazis wanted to uh, bring back paganism to Germany. Uh, you see that with uh, China, when the, when the nationalists and the communists uh, took over from the monarch in China, uh, the nationalists wanted to go back to uh, Confucianism and Taoism and Buddhism. They just wanted to go back to the way things were. Uh, the communists said, uh, screw it all. Uh, we're not going to deal with any of that. We're going to look forward to the future. In the future is communist, and you will do as we say because we are awesome. And so, uh, those are the difference between the faggots, the communists, and the fascists, which aren't the you know fascists. Uh, both are bad, uh, and I will be. Uh, using that language more often. I will point out that uh, the parties of Democrats uh, and Republicans are both uh, under a collectivist view. In fact, it's the Republicans of the Thomas Jefferson ilk that were pro-French Revolution and collectivism. And so again, you can throw the Republicans into the faggot uh, camp. They, they were faggots before faggots were cool. And you can definitely throw the Democrats into the faggot camp. Uh, and in fact, they struggled between whether or not, for the longest time, they struggled whether or not they were fascists or faggots. Just like in all the other revolutions, they struggled with that. Uh, in the Civil in during the time of uh, Thomas or Andrew Jackson. Once I get to him, I'm curious on which direction he was, whether he was a fascist or a faggot. But we'll we'll find out when we get there. Uh, well, I'm almost to work. I'm about like a mile away. But I think I've said the word faggot too many times that anybody else could bear. So I'm gonna end this segment there because I'd hate to get banned or blocked because I compare, you know, communists to uh, sodomites or sodomites to, or a sodomite orgy or vice versa. I'd hate for a conservative uh, gay person to accuse me of uh, being, or accuse me of calling him a communist when, in fact, if he's a conservative gay person, he's probably closer to being a fascist than a, a faggot. But anyways, uh, I will say this. No, I'll say in the next segment. 
Uh, tune into the next segment where I let you know the proper direction we go. Believe me, you're not going to want to miss this. So we talked about the problem, now the solution. I would propose that the solution to secular collectivism is uh, is a form of Christendom. Okay, uh, I've I've said to uh, many a people that I would I would prefer as a Protestant uh, the. Spanish Inquisition over and against uh, the secular Inquisition of the 20th century and the 19th century. I would much rather uh, to live under the reign of the Spanish Inquisition than under uh, the French Revolution, or under the uh, Russian Revolution and its governments, uh, those reigns of terror. Um, I mean, here's part of the reason why. Uh, if I was to go into a country and they did something that I thought was uh, disturbing, uh, we'll say uh, they were killing... They, they were sentencing somebody to death. Okay. And I asked the civil magistrate, you know, or somebody who was uh, equipped to answer. It could it could just be a bystander who knows what's going on. And I'd ask them, you know, what's going on? And they'd tell me. And I'd ask them, you know, why is this person... Uh, or what, by what standard does the state say that... Uh, they can kill this person. Uh, and I don't care if it's for murder or rape or uh, sodomy or uh, what have you, or uh, you know, dishonoring their parents or anything. If they say, well, they sinned against society, and so this is, uh, this is the punishment for it, or they did wrong to the community, and so this is the punishment for it. Or they did... Uh, uh, the state says that this is uh, the proper punishment for this crime. And since they're supreme, we must listen to them whether we like it or not. Uh, if those are their answers, those kind of answers, uh, then uh, to hell with it. But if they were to answer... Uh, well, as it says here in Deuteronomy, or if it says, uh, you know, as as it says here in Genesis nine, uh, and then I would I would be like, okay, and I just carry on. Uh, they're they're uh, they've read their Bibles. They they are applying their Bibles, even if I may disagree with uh, how they apply it. Uh, at least. I have somewhere to go with this. We, I can do a Bible study. Uh, but when it comes to secular collectivism, you can't do that because uh, it's just on the whims of the state. It's just on the whether or not the uh, state or the people had a bad burrito on Taco Tuesday or not. Uh, you, you may see a higher death toll on Wednesday depending on if they had good tacos on Tuesday. Uh, this this is concerning for obvious reasons. Uh, I'm going through, um, and so my point is, is that if I would want a uh, a theocratic libertarianism uh, like the Bible, okay, so. There is a hierarchy in Scripture uh, that starts at the family and works its way to the king. 
and you you deal with uh, the king, or you deal with the family rather, and you deal with uh, elders of the city, and then you have uh, the chiefs of the tribes, and then you have the king. And so, what, what does that look like in our context? Well, you have again you know, the 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 husband, the head of the household. Uh, then you have uh, the mayor and the city council, the, the elders of the city. You have uh, the county executives and the uh, governor and the senators and in the house in your state. And then you have the federal, which comprises. And you see this also with Moses's uh, setting up the. Uh, captains of the the commanders of the tens and the twenty or the tens and the hundreds and the thousands all the way up to himself so you see this uh structure set up the way that it is and all of them have a purpose and all of them have a point but the, the biggest point is that uh you want to be able to handle most issues at the family and local level and very not serious because local can deal with serious issues if they're cut and dry uh, the federal should only be dealing with confusing issues you know uh, and they that's on, that's the only thing they should have to deal with is confusing issues working out things that you know that the, that the states can't work out um, on their own uh, so I had mentioned that, you know, collectivism, secular collectivism is like a bundle of dead sticks, dead wood, just a big bundle of dead, non-growing sticks, useful for nothing sticks. Uh... So what does uh, theonomy look like? What does uh, Christian libertarianism look like? Uh, Well, that looks like a tree planted by the streams of water, which yields its um, fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. Well, how do you know? Well, because it, it says in Psalm 1, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, which is by, that is the definition of secular collectivism. Uh, Secular collectivism, all it does is walk in the counsels of wicked men, uh, stands in the way of sinners, and sits in the seat of scoffers. Uh, What better definition of communism, fascism, uh, republicanism and democraticism. Uh, there, there is no better definition. Uh, and but there is then Christian Christian libertarianism, Christian uh, libertyism uh, is like a tree. Well, what, what, what do trees and bundles of sticks have in common? Well, they both have wood. They're both made of wood. They are both both have a lot of wood. They both have, uh, uh, you know, the same carbon um, composite and all that. Uh, but what's the difference? Well, uh, the, the, the tree is alive, which is stressed in, you know, uh, that blessed man uh, meditates, or his delight is in the law of the Lord, and he meditates on that law day and night. Uh, so Christian libertarianism seeks after being faithful to the word of God, being faithful to God's word, to God's law, and meditates on it day and night. And this man that it's referring to is, a, is, is an official. It's talking about a public official, a civil magistrate. Uh, you know, it's a psalm of David who is the king of Israel. So he's talking about this man, me. I will be a blessed man um, if I delight in the law of the Lord and not in the counsel of the wicked and all that. 
uh, and he points out that if the civil magistrate delights in the law of the Lord, meditates on it day and night, and seeks to follow through with it, uh, they will be fruitful. Their governments will be fruitful. Their uh, time as the uh, ruler will be a fruitful time uh, because uh, they won't get tired uh, no matter how much time goes by in and out of season. Uh, that stream of living water is still flowing through them. And so they will be a fruitful uh, ruler uh, because God will make them fruitful and make sure that they do not wither. And that fruitfulness uh, is a blessing to their people. Uh, uh, and you'll notice when it comes to trees uh, that there are plenty of sticks on the trees. Um, they are not bundled up. They are uh, exposed. They are branched out, as it were. Uh, pun intended, and uh, they are uh, glorious. They are gloriously different, and they are gloriously connected. They are uh, both autonomous and collected. They are both liberated, and uh, they are both uh, set apart from each other, and they are also joined together. Uh, what's the difference between the bundle of sticks and the tree and its branches. Well, the difference is that the bundle of sticks is severed from uh, the life force and the tree and its branches uh, are connected to the root, to the life force, uh, which is the law of the Lord. The, the law of the Lord being the streams of water uh, that are feeding the tree. And so, uh, therefore, uh, does this mean that we need to seek to be a tree? No. Uh, this is where things get complicated. Uh, and it's not super complicated, but you must listen up. Uh, the Lord says in uh, Matthew, at the end of Matthew, all authority has been given to me. Therefore, go, make disciples of all the nations, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, so, who is the man? Well, the Lord Jesus is the man. The Lord Jesus is the one who delighted in the law of the Lord. The Lord Jesus is the one who meditated on it day and night. The Lord Jesus is the fruitful tree that we must be attached to, and we must, and when we are attached to him, we bear much fruit. Not because we, the branches, are so great, uh, but instead uh, the Lord's um, fruit comes out of us. Uh, we are a product of his obedience. Our fruit is a product of his blessedness. And so I don't have a problem with uh, a... North Korean branch, a Chinese branch, an American branch, a Michigan branch, you know, all coming out of this tree. Or tree. Uh, the issue that I have is when uh, we as Americans, uh, as Chinese, as North Koreans, as South Koreans, as Japanese, and on and on we go, my problem is that we... Uh, neglect to pick and satisfy ourselves with the fruit and instead we pick up the branches bundle them up and call that our government when in fact those branches that fell off were the ones that God cut off and planned on burning for the fire and we call that in our day a good common sense form of government let us not uh, replace a fruitful tree with a bundle of sticks no matter how tightly bound they are. Seek after the Lord, seek after his word, seek after his law 
For there you will find liberty, for there you will find life, for there we will find justice and equity, for there we shall find mercy and the one who is merciful. I would be remiss if I was to never mention uh, Apiary Fund, uh, which is a uh, school or an education system for currency trading that I have uh, taken advantage of, that I've used to equip me for uh, the future to be able to uh, properly provide for my family. The desire that I have and that they are helping me gain is being able to work from home so that uh, I can homeschool my kids. Uh, Again, it is you are dealing with the foreign exchange market. You are dealing with uh, exchanging currencies and they teach you skills, strategies and uh, uh, whatnots uh, and behavior psychology so that you can be better prepared to uh, uh, take advantage of or exploit opportunities in the market so that you can uh, make money whether the market's going up, down, or sideways. Uh, At this moment, I am uh, trading and uh, practicing my strategies is more the case uh, in have my own mentor in this and with the this express desire and purpose to uh, be the best trader that I know uh, I am the best trader I know and I'm seeking to be better and uh, so if you're looking for a side gig as it were if you're looking for uh a new skill to gain definitely check out a period fund uh, it costs a little bit of money a month to be able to pay for the technologies uh, but as you go through their uh, learning system uh, the technology fee every month uh, goes down as you advance in the courses so it's definitely got the incentive to do better uh, I've checked out other systems, and this is by far the best. Uh, Their platform for trading uh, is far better than most platforms I've traded with. And uh, though there are some bugs that they keep working out, I have to say uh, it is the best that I've ever traded with. Um, But I've been... uh, studying with them for just over a year now and it's been worth it it's been uh, a great joy um, to me and for me and for my family because uh, it's helped greatly with some of the bills that have come up in uh, long behold uh, get a check from a period fund for uh, the gains that I made for them and it works out uh, that's one great thing about a period fund is that uh, once you've gone so far in the course uh, they start to uh, they get they fund you and they will pay you for the profits that they you make them and so that is encouragement to do better and to seek after excellence in this business Uh, again it's not for everybody Uh, it is for me and in case you never heard of um, such things I wanted to make mention of it didn't want to make mention of it uh, before now just because uh, this isn't an advertiser this isn't a sponsor or anything like that this is just uh the school that I go through, an online school that I go through so that I can uh, be a better uh, market trader. Uh, You can take the knowledge that you gain um, through this and apply it to the stock markets 
if you're seeking to get into the stock markets to learn how to psychologically ensure that you only uh, buy low and get an idea of when you know how low is low enough before you buy to ensure the best uh, results and uh, yeah um, consider it uh, love it and uh, enjoy your time with it uh, whether you guys do or not I'll be still using this for years to come they've been around for several years I assume they'll be around for several more and so will I Lord willing uh, so uh, blessings on your day uh, blessings on your uh, week blessings on your life from my house to yours All right, we're going to wrap this up So I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope that you made it all the way through the show. I hope you got some good stuff out of it. Uh, that you are now a theonomist. That you are um, now encouraged to seek more education in an area that you are actually interested in, not just one that your parents tell you to. And hopefully, you get some clarity on some of uh, what the opponents of Christianity see are as. A difficult passage in scripture uh, and hopefully you're just encouraged and edified and uh, equipped to um, love and do um, good to your neighbors and your loved ones around you uh, so till next time uh, keep having curious conversations keep the conversation going and as always uh, drink some coffee and come to Jesus take care